Yo, what's up? Welcome to another episode of Demo Listen. I'm Gray. I'm joined as well, always by my co-host Nathan. We do a very simple podcast in which we listen to punk, hardcore, metal, and adjacent forms of music that people send in to us. Typically, it's our first time hearing the releases in question, and we honestly react to whatever it is that we're hearing. Sometimes we like stuff, sometimes we don't. But even if we don't like something, we encourage you to enjoy to to support the stuff that you do enjoy. Uh, go buy records, go see bands. We're not trying to be objective, make objective value judgments. Um, we're not trying to be professional critics or tastemakers here. Just a couple of dummies in a basement talking about music. The format of the show is also very simple. We have ten bands in the queue every week. Everything is user submitted. We roll some dice and randomly select, usually between five and seven of them to listen to per episode. If you want to submit music, it is demolistenpodcast at gmail.com. Just make sure the release is a year or less old from the time of submission. That's all there is to it. Um, I'm going to apologize in advance just because I'm running on like five hours of sleep cumulatively over about a 48-hour period, and it's been a long, a very long two days. So I'm a sleepy, sleepy little boy. Um, I'm not necessarily low energy. I just think that my brain, my brain is like in full oatmeal mode right now. Um, so I don't have a whole lot to talk about up top. The only thing that I wanted to, to, to mention was what you and I talked about when I got here, which is that I booked a restraining order at the bug house, the place that I do shows they played there last night. Uh, and it was very, very good. I will say if you have a chance to see them on this tour with scowl that they're doing, definitely go catch them. Uh, they are a, I, I would classify them, be a fair, feel very comfortable classifying them as a as a superior live act. Yeah, they were they were really good. They are very very tight, very high energy. Tone sounds great, and they are you know they're a great band on record too. Like the songs are just good, which helps a lot. But they are a a phenomenal and superior live act. The turnout was great. It was a sick show. I don't have a whole lot else to say about it. It was a blast. Um, you know, tell your friends Fort Wayne doesn't suck. Uh, I mean, it might suck again in a few years, but right now there's enough kids to justify being able to book stuff like that. So if you're in a band and you're good and you think about skipping Indiana, at least for the time being, uh, Indiana does not need to be a fly flyover state. You can uh, can stop in northern Indiana between your Ohio and Chicago dates, and I can probably throw you a pretty good show, give you, give you some good gas and hotel money, and... Uh, and kids will probably know and enjoy and go off free music. Feels good, man. Yeah, it is pretty nice, but just don't stay in Indiana. It is still a flyover state. Yes, yeah, for sure. You you come here, you play, you have a meal, and then yeah, keep it pushing. Yeah, you don't want to you, you don't want to spend any time here. Yeah. But I can't throw you a, a pretty good show here. Yeah, and that's really all I had. I mean, uh, pretty much all week was just like working and getting ready for that show and. Not thinking about much else. So yeah, I, I got no, I got no thoughts. I got no occurrences. I got no interesting banter. I got nothing. Oh, my brain is running on fumes. I had a whirlwind tour of the, of the upper Midwest Rust Belt this weekend. Yeah, how'd your fishing go? Great, awesome. 
tons of fish. Walleye? A lot of walleye? Uh, no, no keeper walleye, but we got 90 perch. Perch, okay. Perch isn't uh, bad. We're going to be frying those boys up tomorrow. I'm sure, yeah. 90 perch is a, that's a good haul. Right. You and your buddy. Monstrous. Yeah. Right. I mean, just think about just think about that that nightmare scenario. If we're, you're a we're, we're effectively like aliens and monsters ripping these things yeah, for sure. out of the water. Perch are going the way, they're going to go the way of the snow crab here pretty soon. If I have anything to do with it. Yeah, for sure. The snow crab are gone, gone. Well, that's because... Um, Our yeah. ecosystem is collapsing. That's right. Yes, for sure. <laughs> right. No doubt. Right. Yeah, no, I know. I heard some report about it, and they're like, well, they're not entirely sure what it is. And I'm like, hmm, I wonder, wonder what wonder, it could be. I wonder what it could be. <laughs> I wonder what the one factor is yeah, over I the know. course of the last hundred it's plus years. In reports, wildlife numbers have tanked 70% in the past 40 years. Wonder what it could be yeah. driving the snow crabs. <laughs> extinct yep wonder what it could be and uh we're now now we're going see the you know the fucked up and wild part is is that like anybody only gives a shit when it starts to affect the bottom line because they're like well what are the economic impacts of that exactly right oh don't even get me started and suddenly they're like oh uh oh uh oh don't don't even don't even get me started dude It, it is it is Half of my daily internal mon it's not even a monologue anymore. It's a dialogue with myself. Sure, yeah. Basically every single day at work. Yeah. I I, I just had like an entire rant because I had to write an article about some rare plant and I had to write like an outline so that it could be promoted. Uh Right? Sure. And um one of the questions was, why, why should people care? And I'm like, why the fuck don't <laughs> why, they care? Why, how, how could you not? Like, I hate that fucking question. Yes. I, say, I, I didn't say it that sure, way. Right. I was like, I got to say, and, and like our, 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 you know, we had a meeting, a Zoom meeting for work. I'm like, right. I got to say, I really, really hate this question. Sure. Because I don't care if you don't care anymore. Right. I'm not going to try to convince you anymore. I don't understand why you don't care. Your brain must be fucking pudding. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's the only explanation. Like, why do you care about anything? Right. Sure. Right. Do you care about anything? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. It's. It's psychotic. Like I, I, I seriously, I was like, please, I, I, I don't want to get started on that because, you know, I said to the, you know, the, fo- the, the people that were sort of like dealing with getting the article out there, I was like, I don't want to deal with that because I don't, I, 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 it's, it's an offensive question. Yes. <laughs> yes. A deeply offensive question. Right. It is such a crass and offensive question. Yes. For you sure. know, and we always got to like, oh, let's talk about ecosystem services. What eco, what, what service does this provide? I don't know. What a cynical way to break down the living biosphere. Indeed. Right. <laughs> right. Something that's complexity is so complex. We can't even begin to fathom it at a molecular level. Yeah. Right. Oh, well, what services does it provide for me <laughs> while I watch TV? <laughs> for sure. It's genuinely astounding. I don't know. It'd be a good place to fucking preserve your corpse after you blow your fucking brains out. How about that? Go yeah. be a bog man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, I hope I, I hope I live to see you go full man thing. <laughs> I, I, yeah, so don't even get me started. Man. Okay, yeah, fair I mean, enough. Toledo. Hit the zoo on Friday. Yeah. Hit Indy on Friday night. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. We had a good show right? in Indy, too. Hellward Eagle, yep. very, very fucking good band from Indianapolis. I mean, I already knew that. We saw them once before, and then they played up in Fort Wayne. Yeah. Uh, they sounded really good at that State Street Pub when we played with them. Uh, Joe is Joe is a man of many wonderful riffs. Yeah. That dude has riffs that immediately get stuck in my head. He has played in... I would say Joe has played in pretty much ex- exclusively great bands since I've known him. Sacred Leather was great. Uh, Circle City Murder Dogs was great. Dude is dude is a man of impeccable taste. Yeah, 
and uh, you know, Repentless was good. Yeah, Rep- good Repentless life. was good. We talked about that after the show. Like it, they they play a style of of like death metal, like early proto death metal. Yes, where it's it's very thrashy. It's very thrashy, and it like it is the great equalizer in that you don't have to have almost any skill as long as you innately understand like the form and what it is mm. about. It, it, it is so yeah. bestial and raw and deconstructed that it it's like perfectly acceptable that the dudes playing that weren't like particularly proficient no it sounds it sounds like some long lost demo that nuclear war now would put out yeah of some fucking band from 1987 yeah for sure it was sick i yeah. i enjoyed it, it was quite pretty a lot. sick the drummer had really good caveman blast yep. all, everything everything at the hitting, hitting at this everything same time. at the yes. elbow yep for sure just we were like josh actually brought up a thing because they played in like corpse paint they had like you know the full fucking the fits the fits on and uh, Josh was like, you know, the corpse paint thing is cool, but the problem is now you got to walk around the show the rest of the night with the corpse paint yeah. on. I was like, dude, I was just thinking the same thing was like, looks sick. They're up there in the corpse paint. They're looking dope. But then after you take the gauntlets off and, and you're just hanging out, hanging out just trying to be, effect. it doesn't have the same effect. No, no, it doesn't. I feel like corpse paint can only be employed if you're like, if you don't. If you're not, then gonna mingle. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? I think, yeah, like if you're playing in corpse paint. Yeah. As soon as you're done, just immediately like whisk out the door, like yeah. yes, yes, exactly. Disappear into the night. That's what I was gonna say. You gotta like, you have to make your exit, right. and it needs to be a, a theatrical one. Right. You to get the fuck out of there. Right. Uh, or or if you are forced into a situation where you have to interact with people. Be standoffish. Yeah. Be off-putting. Be right. aggressive. Right. You can't do like, the corpse like, paint where like evil thing. Have a then... mouthful of blood to spit in their face. Right. And exactly. Then they're like, and right. Like leave. <laughs> yeah. For sure. I think. I think if you're gonna do corpse paint, it needs to be an all-encompassing thing. Yeah. For because otherwise, it's it's sapped of all of its uh, occult energy. It, it, you you can't be seen later on, just holding the fucking natty light. That's true. That's and, exactly and right. Chatting it up. Speaking of holding the natty light, I got a shout out, my buddy. My buddy Grant for doing the right thing. He broke edge and he brought to the show an original 80s X-rated swatch for me. He didn't profit off of his edge break. He passed it on to an elder edge Highlander. Mm -hmm. And uh, I wore it. I honored it. I and then you sold it. <laughs> that I sold it and paid rent. Yeah. Uh, but I just I wanted to give him his props because he he mentioned that I did make fun of him on the show a little bit because uh, you know I mentioned when he had that conversation with me and I thought that he was gonna he was like hey I gotta talk to you man yeah and I was like what oh my god he has cancer and then he was like I think I'm gonna break edge and I was like oh Jesus fuck who gives a shit yeah. <laughs> to do it you know I don't right. care if if you here's the thing also for anybody in this position if you've uttered the phrase. I th- I'm thinking about not being straight edge anymore. You're not. The ship has sailed. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, right. <laughs> Just go do it. You're right. done now. It, right? it shouldn't take very much thought. No, it shouldn't take any thought at all, right? Yeah. It should take no thought at all. If if the thought has entered your mind, I don't know if this is doing it for me anymore, then you're done. The yeah. ship has sailed. Go drink a beer. Go buy some American spirits and do your thing. That's <laughs> you know right. what I mean? It's 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 gone. Yeah. It's left port. It's out to sea, and you're never going to see it again. Yeah. So, indie show Friday. Yep. Work Saturday. Yeah. Restraining order show Saturday night. Yeah. Up at 4 a.m. Sure. Perch. Yeah. On okay. the lake. A busy weekend. Yeah. I lo- you love to hear it. Um, so before we get into uh, the queue tonight, we got uh, we got one of our our classic demo listen premieres. Demo listen exclusive. Real trap shit. Um, so we got a new song from uh, from Porcupine. My buddies in Porcupine. Joey sent this over to us. 
We've had Porcupine on the show before. I enjoy Porcupine because they do a thing where they're channeling Dead Guy and Kiss It Goodbye and, and you know, Drowning Man and that era of stuff, but it's not a carbon copy. Um, their vocalist is also a very literate young man, so he deals with heavy topics in a way that feels real, that feels like, in, in a very Tim Singer way. Uh, it feels real, it feels like it's a reflection of his lived experience, it doesn't feel sort of contrived and uh, woe is me. Uh, generally, I like this band. They're a good live act. They're one of the first bands I booked uh, at the Bug House when I started doing shows there, and I've had the pleasure of playing with them a few times. And yeah, Joey sent me this song over. It's off of a split with a band from Ohio called Grip Hook that is coming out at some point in the next couple months. And I think that uh, I think this song is going to find its way to like you know one of the many like fake online hardcore publications at some point within a few days oh, of us yeah, premiering probably. this too, you know, right. Uh, Idiotech or, ADDQ or, or no yeah. echo or some shit yeah. or whatever. So, uh, so we're going to listen to, uh, what's, what's the name of the song? It's in, it's in front of you. So flam F L A M. That's what it's called, huh? I'm pretty sure. Okay. We're going to listen to flam by porcupine. So that was F-L-A-M. Now I understand what FLAM stands for. Fight Like a Man. Stands for Fight Like a Man. So Roses and Thorns here real quick. Uh, this is reflective of the description that I just that I just gave about the band before we listened to this, I think. There was nice little, uh, nice little harmonics in there that were very reminiscent of like the exact era and style of band that I was talking about. The lyrics were indeed, you know, uh, kind of obtuse, uh, literally obtuse in a way that I thought worked well. And I generally liked this. I will say, though, the vocals on this were mixed like pure dog shit. And um, I'm not sure why. I can only imagine it's because I don't know that the band... I, well, I know for a fact that the band is not all in one location right now. And I th have to imagine the vocals were probably recorded remotely and then yeah. sent in. So it is not... They were not on par, like, sonically in ter terms of just, like, the recording quality and then the subsequent mix of the rest. Because 
musically everything was like mixed at a level that made sense and all sounded pretty good and then when the vocals came in they were just kind of it sounded like they were just plopped right on top of the mix yeah i agree with that um this seemed to be a little more um i haven't been a while since i've listened to porcupine but uh seemed to be a bit more uh I guess riff oriented. It was a little bit more riff riff oriented. I, I'll be honest. I was most interested in in this when it was a lot of the noisy harmonic feedback stuff. Yes, I agree. All up pins and needles. Yes, same for sure. I'm I, I'm of the same mind. But I think there are like uh, I'm not sure how many songs each band is doing on this split. But these guys are my buddies in general. Even when I thought when I've th- thought that the stuff that they've put out was like a miss for me, I kind of always appreciate that this band is very much like doing their own thing yeah, and is zero sure. percent influenced or concerned with anything else that is happening in like the larger scene, quote mm-hmm. unquote. And uh, they started off that way. They are, they continue to be that way. Uh, I talk to Joey very frequently. And uh, I, I enjoy, like, his creative vision for the band. So, um, all right, let's get, into, uh, let's get into the actual cue this week. So, first up, we have got The Sheaves. This is a release called Excess Death Cult Time. And it's a band out of Phoenix, Arizona. This was sent in by Ryan Donahoe, who always sends in slappers. This looks cool. Uh, I don't know anything about this. I have not listened to this, but... Uh, based on the the factors of this looking cool and the person who sent it in, I'm going to assume it's probably good. Then we have got uh, N Slua, A-N space S-L-U-A, with How You Getting On, a 7-inch out on uh, Disco's Infermos. This was sent in by Thomas. Some punk shit, presumably. Then we have got Gnaw with their uh, On Your Mind promo. This is a band out of Minneapolis, and it was sent in by Derek. Then we have got Chat Pile with God's Country. This band's been sent in b- before, but I don't know that we've ever actually gotten around to listening to them. I know we've had them in the queue. I think Tim Neff has sent them in, uh, maybe a couple other people. This time it was sent in by Blake, and this is a band out of uh, Oklahoma City. Then we have got No Uniform with Crimes. Um, this is a band out of Atlanta. They're new. Uh, we were just listening to it. Yeah, for sure. You just put this on because No Deal uploaded it to their YouTube channel, which is where I saw this initially. And then this was sent in by Brody one of our Australian correspondents. Then we've got uh, Metrics with their demo 2022, band out of Barcelona, Spain, uh, was sent in by Vinny. Then we have got Dripping Decay with Watching You Rot. This is a band out of Portland, and it was sent in by Dustin. I think that I, I could be wrong, but I think... No, never mind. Uh, then we've got Rotheads with Slither and Slime. So this was sent in by Jay, who plays in Cold Brats, and uh, this is a death metal band that he plays in. Um, I, I like Cold Brats a lot. Uh, I'm going to assume... I mean, he sent in some like cool death and black metal stuff, so I'm going to assume this probably doesn't suck, and we'll, we'll find out if we land. <laughs> are, are, you sort of, are, are you sort of softening the blow? Should we be disappointed in something that Jay from Cold Brats submitted? Maybe. I, but I will say, looking at this, it looks dope. If I saw the cover art of this, I would be like, yeah. okay, yeah, let's see what this is all about. This yeah. looks fucking cool. Then we've got uh, Slan with, uh, you know... Something something in Swedish. Skitter i alt. I'm sure that's not close. This was sent in by, by Matthias, our, uh, our primary Swedish correspondent. And then last up, we have got uh, an Indianapolis band, Republican Sex Blanket with Funeral TV. Uh, this was sent in by William, who plays in this band, who was uh, in attendance at our show there on Friday. And uh, he, he hit me up about sending this in last week, and he finally got around to it. So okay. let's roll the dice and see what's up first. All right. Eight. Okay. A is eight is uh Jay's band, Rotheads. 
So this is Slither and Slime by Rotheads. You can find this at rotheads.bandcamp.com, and they are based out of uh, based out of Romania, where Jay lives. Um, <clears throat> I don't know that he recommended a specific song or anything. Um, they have one queued up to play. Uh, the sixth sixth song on Skin here. Skin Forest. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hey, so let's do it. Yeah. Let's 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 just jump into it. We're gonna listen to Skin Forest by Rotheads off of Slither and Slime.
All right. We just heard the song Skin Forest by the band Rotheads off of Slither and Slime. Goddamn. That was really, really fucking good. I am in, I am enthusiastically into this shit. Um, if the rest of this release is as good as that song, I imagine this will will uh, eke its way into into one of my favorites of the year. That's so good. the 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 prospect of atmospheric death metal, right, is a it's a tall order. You're asking a lot from me as the listener. And you're immediately setting uh, a, a very high bar for you to cross as a performer because at the, that prospect is just, it's a tough thing to nail and be interesting and engaging and not have the atmospheric components suck the energy and menace out of the black or out of the death metal components. Right. And this did not do that. This, I think, blended both of those elements perfectly. It, it found itself like in perfect equilibrium and balance it felt heavy and raw and menacing in the way that i want classically informed death metal too but the atmospheric elements did exactly what they set out to do which is right in the name it like creates a genuine atmosphere in this case of like i think it i think it actually added to sort of like the dark menacing aspect of this stuff well yeah i mean it does it, it the song the song was evocative of a mood and i hope that's a consistent mood yeah across all of this for sure but it did that without being necessarily sparse yeah exactly it was not it was not sparse on like the riffs no and not just at all the heaviness and the tone yeah um yeah there were some good choices in there too super good choices in here man super um, good choices this is this is atmospheric in the same way that uh like coffin worm achieves an sure. atmosphere absolutely sure or i mean Maybe another more contemporary band like Cerebral Rot. Sure, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. This was this was really, really, really fucking good. I am. They've been list. around for a minute. They have, yeah, for sure. Um, this is uh, like I said. I kind of assumed the dude who played in Cold Brats was going to have enough enough taste to not be in a bad black or a, in, a, in a bad death metal band, and I, I was proven correct here. The, the art was good enough too, where it was just like again, if you have enough taste to to commission art that looks this good. One would imagine you have enough taste to not write stupid ass music. Right. Yeah, this was, but it was, I wasn't surprised that this was good, but it is still surprisingly good. You right. know what I mean? Yeah, this, like, this was very solid. To the extent where I, it's one of those things where I'm like, well, this is kind of shocking that I have not heard people talking about this because it came out in July and I know enough people who are into metal that I, I would have assumed this would have found its way in front of some of them, but I haven't seen anybody talking about this. I mean, I've never heard of this band prior to tonight. Yeah, and they've, they've been, been around, around since 2014. Yeah, 2014, right. And yeah. the reason for that is because I don't live anywhere near or in Romania. Well, again, it's the phenomenon that we talk about and lament on on this show, which is, and one of the reasons that we try to do international releases when we put out tapes and stuff is just because so much of it is just social capital, geography. Uh, there, you know, one of the best. There, how many bands have you and I lived through that? You know, you've seen their names. There's bands of particular eras where you see mm -hmm. their name on a zillion flyers even though they're not that good, but they just tour constantly and they're in the proximity of greater folks <laughs> and they and they just manage to be part of the conversation, even though they're a, a middling band, right? Just because they play a zillion shows, they have a bunch of cool friends, whatever. Well, they're, yeah, I mean, and you got to, at least, at least with those bands, tip your hat for putting the work oh, in. Oh, absolutely, right? for sure. But 
you know, geography distance from like greater networks of this kind of stuff, it just creates like a barrier to entry because you're not, you know, you, you're not, you, you don't have the ability to foist yourself on people constantly. I mean, certainly you, you do in Europe, but it just in, in relation to this not being on the lips of any American metal listeners that I am aware of. Uh, hopefully, hopefully this, uh, this episode of the show, uh, helps in that regard because this is really, really fucking good. So, yeah, this was sick. However, I, I, I don't know. Um, I, I don't know that, uh, you could necessarily say, cause this band predates Colbrats too. Yeah. Well, Jay's in Colbrats, so he's probably in a good death metal band. Sure. I would, <laughs> that's true. Right. Yeah. I know what you're saying. I'm just saying that. Cold, Bra- Cold Brats is all, another band that is like um, that is taking a tried and true formula that at its that at its core is very basic and sort of uh, is uh, is equalizing right. It's like an equalizing. It levels the playing field. Yeah, and doing something interesting and a little bit left of center with it. And hardcore is a genre that we talk about frequently. You try to inject other things into it, and it often gets too far afield very quickly. Do you think it's easier for um, someone in a good hardcore band to be in a good death metal band, or vice versa? Uh, vice versa. Really? I would say so. I would say so. I think so. Yeah. I think it would be easier if you were if you were a tried and true like died in the wool death metal dude. Yeah. I think it would be easier for you to go and do good hardcore than it would the other way around. Because I think there's well, more of an opportunity for hard, and we see this very frequently, in fact, there's more of an opportunity and a greater likelihood of a hardcore dude just not understanding the fundamental well, yeah, components yeah, yeah. of death metal sure. and what and what the good parts are, which is how you get bands that just play three minutes of death metal breakdowns right. with no blast beats and yeah. nothing cool, you know? Yeah, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to say. It's hard to say. I don't know if I want to hear Terrence Hobbs' <laughs> take on, you know, yeah. New York hardcore. Yes, yeah, that's that's true, right. But I would say if I were a betting man, and I am because I have a problematic relationship with gambling, uh, I would probably bet on that scenario more than I would bet on the hardcore kid playing death metal scenario. Okay. Um, so, yeah, that was great. Let's roll the dice and uh, see what's up next. Set, set a high bar for the evening. Um, nine. All right, nine is a Republican sex blanket with Funeral TV. You can find this at Republican Sex Blanket, but uh, it's with uh, with a K instead of a C in Republican.bandcamp.com. They're based out, in, out of Indianapolis. Um, I'm not really sure how long they've been around. I don't think that they're that old. I think they might only be like a year or two old. They might be like a, a post-pandemic project. Um, I know William, who plays in the band and sent this in just via like the internet and mutual friends and stuff. And like I said, he was at the show that we played on Friday um, in Indianapolis. But I don't know anything about this band or anything like that. So um, let's uh, let's listen to the song they have queued up to play. It's it's the second song, but it looks like probably the first one. I think the first track on here is just like an intro. So we're going to listen to Bug Hunt by Republican Sex Blanket off of Funeral TV.
All right, we just heard the song "Bug Hunt" by the band Republican Sex Blanket from Funeral TV. If you're not uh, if you're not film literate like Nate and I are, um, maybe you've heard of a movie called Aliens. Maybe you've heard of one. Maybe yes, maybe you've heard of that film. This song happens to be about that. Yeah, uh, it happens to be about that film. The only thing I'm really that I really have to say about this is something that we've uh, asserted on this show before, and that in in a conversation that I had with my buddy Rusty recently, I reasserted because he posed the question: uh, Misfits, Danzig, or Sam Hain? What do you prefer, and why? And I said, you know, obviously I celebrate the whole breadth of Danzig's yep. discography, you know, up to Danzig Four. Well established. Well established on this. And but I had to I had to give props to the Misfits because as we've talked about on this show, they did a thing that on paper shouldn't be cool, made it the coolest thing in the world, wrote songs that are timeless in a way that few others are, and created a formula that only they could do and was never cool or good ever again. And they can't do without dancing. Yes, and they cannot do without so dancing. So actually, he's the only yes, one he that is can the one. do it. Right, exactly. Literally one man. Right. One man on the planet. Right. And this, in concept, is basically like the Misfits, right? I mean, it's... It's, it, it, it's, it's horror movie, schlock movie, bar punk. Right, exactly. Yes. And that's the problem, is that the Misfits, for for on one hand, because they're progenitors, but on the other hand, because again... Danzig just wrote songs that stand the test of time in a way that is difficult to articulate. It's mm -hmm. difficult to articulate, A, how good those songs are, and B, why they're even as good as they are. Because there's things in those songs that applied in any other instance are almost always bad. Woe-oes, right. you know, so many things that are uh, an instant no from me. In every other case, in the case of the Misfits, fucking rocks, right. you know? And so this falls in that category for me, where it's like... I get it. I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to meld your love of like simple old school American punk in this case. You know, this is a distinctly American form with your love of like schlocky 80s horror and like, you know, exploitation film and stuff, which I like both of those things a whole lot, too. But like, I don't know, man, you know, sloppy seconds singing about like horror and like sci fi movies, you know, that doesn't do anything for me. And that's basically the. It's basically the format here. It Stuff like this comes in much worse iterations than what we just heard, for sure. For sure. You know what I mean? This was a, a decently, a passable recording. You know what I mean? Like, it's not the worst thing that, that has come across our desk by any stretch of the imagination. But, you know, I, I don't give a shit about this either. Yeah, the only the only time I, I ever really give a shit about this sort of stuff yeah. is this time of year. Sure, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. there's gonna be like like this is this is the time of year when you can play horror movie punk. Sure, right. And I'm yes. like, yeah, cool. Right, right, right. Yes, right? yeah. It's a very, very short window. Yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. That's pretty much it. Right, absolutely. Um, but yeah, this I mean, whatever. This this what this certainly wasn't the worst iteration of this we've heard. Right, no. It's generally not my thing. No. Um but uh, have fun with it, and you know it's fun writing songs about fucking aliens. And yeah, sure. Cop and shit. And and that's the one thing I can give this props for too is that I think that like this is this isn't aspiring to anything. It's clearly just a fun project for the people involved, and for that reason alone, I can't hate on this as much as I'm gonna hate on like you know broken man in the mirror beatdown stuff that's clearly yes. like thinks it's something. This right. doesn't think it's anything. Right. They're writing songs about the fucking movie Aliens. Right. right. They, all it is is a, a reason for them to get together with their friends and play guitar and bass and drums once yeah, a week. Have which, some fun. Get, you know, props to you. Yep. Um, so, uh, all right, let's uh, let's keep it pushing.
Yeah, not a single other member of the Misfits is able to do nope. what Danzig does. Not no. one. Not one. Not one of them, dude. Doyle goes on to being Christ the Conqueror. Yeah, yeah for sure. Right? Yeah. Yeah, man. It's uh, it's just Danzig, dude. Yeah. He's he's the man. All right. Three. All right. Three is uh, three is Naw. You can find this at nawmn.bandcamp.com. This is their on your on your mind promo. Looks like they have a demo from uh, 2022 as well earlier this year. Um, came out in March of this year, and uh, I missed that. I don't think I listened to that. Um, the art looks, you know, it, it looks cool. It looks uh, like a like a demo tape du jour, a hardcore demo tape du jour, for sure. It's like in that general style. Very much. Illustrated, you know, hand-drawn, like, uh, illustration. Um, a tape a tape cover that may or may not be representative of an, of an actual physical tape that exists in our material reality. Mm-hmm. Um They've got it's only three songs on here. There's a self-titled track, uh, which you know we always we always kind of go with eponymous tracks. It's also the closing track. I kind of want to hear how they open it. I mean, worst comes to worst, we could listen to all three of these songs and we would still be getting like only three minutes of music. So right. let's just listen to what they open this up with. So we're gonna listen to the Toll by Naw off of their On Your Mind promo. All right. We just heard the song "The Toll" by Naw off of their "On Your Mind" promo. So I'm assuming the the addition of the word "promo" uh, would imply that this is this is a sample of something from a larger release that's coming. It's and they went through the trouble of having uh, Willie Killy master this. So right. they're they're taking it seriously. Would you? How'd you feel about that? Um, they're the photo of the band members, right? I think these are little babies. They're very young. Yeah, for sure. Right. Yeah. We have so now we've reached a point where this iteration of hardcore uh-huh. is the um, I guess what you what you what you're witnessing here is a band learning how to play this iteration of hardcore for sure. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't bad, right? Yeah, sure. But you could hear like sort of stumbling through the parts. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's and your- some of the transitions were pretty yeah pretty abrupt and wonky. Yeah, for sure. These people strike strike me as very young, like probably like. I would guess that there's a member of this band that is probably, like, just about to finish high school. Right. You know what I mean? Like, they're probably right there on the cusp of, like, 17, 18, 19. And this is probably their first serious band. And that's my point. Yeah. Is now we have we have folks that are young enough where it's like, this is maybe their ex- first exposure to some hardcore bands. Sure, yeah. And this style's been around long enough. Yes. That we have folks like, okay, yeah. let's figure this out. Uh, what? Instead of like coming from a different band and landing on something like, right. this, like this. So my question is, so because this is like, 
this is definitely no modifier hardcore, but you know, we live in 2022 and I think it is easy to forget our distance from the progenitors of like different, different forms, especially because uh, you have been going to shows for a very long time. At this point, I have been going to shows and for 20 years. All a fucking blur. And it is a blur. And, you know, I think about stuff that I've done, like stuff that I've witnessed and, and think, holy fuck, that was 15 years ago or whatever. Right. And that's bonkers. Especially, again, things we think we've talked about on this show before. Thinking about like the continuity of like all many forms of extreme music and about, you know, how in our brain we kind of like. And even the people in that moment uh, separated these kind of eras into distinct time periods. And then you think about the fact that between Minor Threat and Youth of Today, it was like a year and a half. It, right. it was nothing. But when I think back on it, you know, when I look at it retroactively from the perspective of an amateur historian, I'm like, those are two distinct distinct eras. Right. It was it was a matter of 18 months. Yeah. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, you don't really. I mean, yeah, absolutely. So, so when I think about the fact that like, uh, breakdown from its inception point to this is like now longer than I've been alive. Yes. I wonder, does this stumble into having parts that sound like breakdown by accident or do these kids like know who breakdown is? No, I think, I think it, 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 I, I'm not going to speak for the, for these folks yeah. right, and say they don't know who breakdown is, Yeah, but I am going to assume yeah, I'm a, I assume it's just part of the ether right. now, right? Cause right. there's parts of this that felt very, Especially the, bre which I appreciate the brevity of this style, like playing this style of hardcore that like, it wasn't like chunky, but it wasn't, it, it was punk in its sort of like underlying approach, but like it was just, this is distinctly hardcore, right? right? Like this isn't, this isn't even really hardcore punk. This and, is hardcore. Right, right. And so, yeah, exactly, exactly. And these folks aren't coming from a punk background. No, They're the, going straight in to figure yes, this out. Right. So right. I, I, I would have to imagine that anything that I heard that reminded me of Killing Time or Raw Deal or Breakdown or Outburst is just because that stuff's all part of, like, the fabric now. It's it's like the DNA that humans and bananas share. Sure, right. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know which genes it is, and I don't even know what the fuck they do. I, yeah. I imagine it's very something very fundamental to how my cells work. Yeah, for sure. Right, and it's the same thing with this. Yeah. Like, I'm sure... Wouldn't surprise me. They've heard the track Sick People. Sure. Right. Right. Yeah. They probably don't have the demo. Right. Right. 87 demo. Sure. Yeah. All in all, man. Yeah. I don't think that this is good yet, but I think what they're going for is cool. Uh, and also, I'd really like the fact that they're playing this style of music and they're doing it in like a minute. <laughs> so that that can be said about so much music that we like in hardcore in general. It's not good. Right. But it's cool. Yeah. Yeah. For sure, man. I like I like what they're going for. I think they've locked in like a nice, like crisp aesthetic. They're clearly making an attempt to like do this. And I again, I would assume this is probably their first attempt at a real band. And they're clearly like making an actual effort, which I appreciate. And uh, I think they landed on something pretty good for an early attempt. If this were a local band in Fort Wayne, I'd throw them on every show I could. I you hope that I mean? this is a promo for a better version of the band. I would agree. I would agree for sure. Don't. As much as you might want to. Yeah. Don't do a full length yet. Right. Not yet. Not yet. You're not there yet. Right. Yeah. But like I said, yeah, this was a, this was a Fort Wayne band. I'd, I'd put them on everything I could until they got better. And in the in the course of like the last few years, I've seen that happen with a few bands sure. that I started putting on shows when they were straight up not good. And now they straight up are good. 
You yeah. know, it's sick. All thanks to you. All, <laughs> no, not to, uh, thanks to me. Zero percent. I have the. I field that. Uh, I feel. I fielded that frequently last night because I think people were really excited and happy about the restraining order show, and people were like, "Yo, thank you for doing this." And I'm like, "You understand that? Like, if I booked this show and nobody came to it." It doesn't mean it's nothing. It sucks, right? So, like, literally, I don't even live in this place. I yeah. just sent a DM to the band, right? Yeah. Thank you for coming to the show, right? Yeah. Like, it doesn't. I'm just, uh, I'm the old fat guy now. I'm just facilitating. Uh, so, yeah, yo, I, I don't think this is there yet, but I, uh, but I also give it its props, right? Yep. So, um, all right, what's next? Two. All right, two is uh, Anna Slua on uh, Disco's Infermos. So you can find this at the discosinfermospunk.bandcamp.com, a label based out of Spain. We've had stuff on this label on the show a few times before. Um, let's see here. They have got... How You Getting On. Yeah, they got the first song queued up. So we're going to listen to How You Getting On by Anse Lua off of their, uh, their How You Getting On 7-inch. We just heard the song How You Getting On off of the How You Getting On 7-inch by uh, Anslua. I assume that's how that's pronounced. Uh, I'm, I'm going to assume that is like, a, you know, an old Celtic an old Celtic phrase of some sort. I don't old, fucking know. Old, well, this is an Irish band. Um, and there's like, you know, there's Celtic stuff going on on the cover here, right? So that was really, really good. It's it's sick and also strange that we're living in an in an oi renaissance period. Yeah, so that was good and cool. Yes, that was good and cool. And right. Yes. When you hear a lot of times when you hear a punk 
band. Yeah. Open up with chants of oi. Oh, yeah. Oi, oi. Yep. I'm girding myself. Uh, same. Right? Yes, for sure. Not at all with this. Nope. Good anthemic riffs. Yes. Nice mid-tempo strumming. Really fucking good. Yep. Production was spot on, like perfect in the perfect middle zone between lo-fi and produced. Mm -hmm. Everything was clear. Everything sounded warm and analog and good. Mix was fucking excellent. So... If you want to get this because you were just lamenting like, damn, you know, I would have ordered this, but, you know, got to import it. You don't have to import it. At least I don't think so, because I think this just came out. And a buddy of mine, an Internet buddy of mine, Jesse, who runs Mr. Face Records, is distroing this in the U.S. Um, uh, I know Jesse like bought some copies of the Kong Kong tape for his distro from us and stuff before. Mm -hmm. So I've dealt with Jesse a little bit before. Nice dude, uh, a purveyor of, of sick ass fucking international yeah. oi and street punk stuff. He frequently distros cool international stuff like that. So I'll probably pick up a couple copies of the seven inch from him. If he's got them, I'm going to shoot him a message after the show. But yeah, I mean, I don't have a whole lot to say about that. If you like oi, you like that. Man. Yeah. This but is a very good example. Of this it. was fucking great. And again, very strange, but I feel, uh, I feel hashtag blessed to be living through, uh, an oi renaissance right now. Cause I, I didn't, I didn't expect again, it, it's, it's just been folded into the fabric now. And it, uh, it was a thing where not very long ago, it was a never the twain shall meet between hardcore and oi in terms of like there being a distinct partition between the scenes. Yeah. And sure, I mean, occasionally there would be some like incidental crossover and people in one scene or the other scene would attend shows with each other. And like, you know, you had, you know, YDL played NYHC shows and like, uh, and you've had instances of that happening but usually it's hardcore guys like playing oi and they're like the token band yeah. whereas now it just seems like folded into the broader fabric of like hardcore punk. and and at least in you know what i was listening to and, and and folks that i knew this was this basically didn't exist more than 10 years ago yeah for sure you know what i mean yeah like there just wasn't that much of a crossover there wasn't any intersection I, uh there was an australian band that had i think members of um uh, oh fuck! Uh, Bloody Hammer. Oh sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, Bloody Hammer was fucking. That good. was good. That was, but really that was like a rare good. example of like some oi, like oi influence stuff that I might yeah. have heard at and, the time. Yeah, and there was like Criminal Damage, which is like the tragedy right. dudes and stuff. And and but I think that might have been sort of like the first ripples for sure. And even then, I think at the time it felt it felt kind of novelty. Yeah, not like that the records novelty because that Bloody Hammer records fucking amazing. The Criminal Actually, Damage records are amazing. Yeah, yeah. But it was just like it. There is a there's an influx of this, and like I think chatter among just like normal sort of like milk toast boilerplate hardcore kids. Yeah, talking about oi in in mass for that's the right. first time in my life. Because that's because when it when it's good. Yeah. It's fucking harder. Yes. It's yeah. better. It's catchier. Yeah, for sure. Right. Yeah, absolutely. That's why that's why rock and roll based hardcore, oi based hardcore is the best version. Yeah, for sure. Right. Yeah, that's yeah, this yeah. was fucking spot that, on. That's why I listen to eighty six mentality once a week. Right. 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 Um, yeah, this was indeed spot on. Uh, all right, let's roll the dice. I think we're feeling, I don't, we, we are getting a lot of good stuff tonight, but I think maybe the restraining order show last night, I'm feeling especially magnanimous. <laughs> I am, yeah, I am too. I think it's also because I'm so sleepy. Yeah, sure. Yeah, maybe. Right. <laughs> maybe, yeah. I'm so sleepy. Yeah, perhaps that's it. I'm thinking about Joey Cuties pooping his little diapers. <laughs> oh, fuck, dude. That video, that video really sucked. <laughs> oh, fuck. I wish I could stop thinking about adult baby diapers.
Well, it's like a weekly ritual now. I know. <laughs> it's so fucking funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like a, it's just, a, it's a never-ending well. Um, six. All right, six is uh, the Matthias submission, Slan, Slan. Uh, uh, they are from, depending upon, you know what I learned about Gothenburg, Sweden, or Gothenburg, Sweden, um, is that the pronunciation is actually very regional. Uh, so in the UK, they, it's typically pronounced Gothenburg. In the US, most places go with Gothenburg. But you know what? It's not pronounced anything even close to that in Swedish. Gothenburg. No. That's that's what the internet tells me. Yes, well, the internet... I did a little bit of research on this, pal. And I will tell you, so in Swedish, I guess the reason that it gets simplified to Gothenburg or Gothenburg is because the Swedish... The actual Swedish name is so bizarre and strange and like to a normal western like english speaking person just a strange word to conceptualize and pronounce right. based on the spelling especially like we'd have to cut out your tongue for you to pronounce it. it's really weird i listened to like right. I, I watched like a couple linguists talk about it and like talk about the pronunciation of it and stuff i can't even remember what it is but i mean like the the consonants that are in the middle of that word aren't even remotely pronounced in the actual pronunciation right. it's like um human anatomy cannot actually pronounce or perceive these sounds right yeah yeah, it's 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 uh it's a Lovecraftian. It's a Lovecraftian uh, uh, a name, a Lovecraftian word. Yeah, Cthulian. Um, so they uh the first song on here is like the it's an eponymous track. It's also the shortest track, um, and it's only a three song release. Um, and then the last song on here is the title track. Um, I don't know if we want to listen to the we first song into the second or if we want to just listen to Let's the... Let's just listen to the last one because it's right down the middle between the two. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, so I'm not going to attempt to pronounce that. We're going to listen to the self-titled song off of this record by Sland. <laughs> Okay, so we just listened to what I feel somewhat safe uh, saying I think is pronounced Skitter e Alt uh, by the band Slan or Slan. I'm not sure on that one. I'm going to say Slan. Uh, and that was great. It did the it did the Scandinavian progenitors of this style of blown out D-beat hardcore. Uh, uh, great, great, uh, great service here. Yeah, it was, I mean, right up front, like pure mangle. Yeah, for sure. I it, mean, 
very much just blown out D-beat Mob 47 shit. Yep. I actually think that the little hardcore interlude, that little riffy interlude, mm-hmm. kind of distracted from the rest of the song. I didn't think so, man. I, I liked I, it. Like, I, I liked it just fine, but I think I would have been happier if this was just pure on fucking D-beat noise the whole way through. Yeah, I mean, I would have been totally fine with that, too. I don't think it detracted from it or sucked the energy out. I thought it was... I thought it, it did a pretty good job of maintaining the momentum and breaking it up a little bit. We talk every time we get something like this. This is a form that is built around... solely built around the power of the riff, and these riffs had the appropriate level of power to sustain this. Yeah, I wish this was... Um, yeah. I wish... So that song translated means shit in everything. Okay. I know that skit. Yeah, yeah, of course. Right. right. Um, shit in everything. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, I really, really wish this was more than three fucking songs. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Cause this is, I'm uh, like scrambling to see is, okay. So this is the only thing this band has out. Yeah. This is four and a half minutes of music, three songs, hardcore punk from, uh, Got- Gothenburg or Gothenburg, Sweden since 2021. Uh, so it's possible that they just got together. I mean, shit, we were, uh, our band was a band for years and we never wrote a single goddamn song. Well, that's not true at all. We, we didn't release our demo for like, you know, well, probably what a year after we were a band, yeah. probably close to a year. So it could be that this band just got together, wrote some songs, has been playing shows and just got around to putting some stuff to tape. Yeah. Um, it's fucking sick. I but want it's more. really good. Yes. I would like more. I wish that they had just, uh, written three more songs and just dropped them all together. I have to assume here because it looks like they have quite a lot of shows coming up here and like not a, a shit ton, uh, but they played one show in August. They played one show in September and it looks like they have two shows in a row coming up in November. Yeah. So you would have to assume they have more than three songs and this yeah. just came out on October right. 6th. So why didn't you just record all of them? Just record the whole set. Record the whole set. Right. And just put out a demo. Just record the set. I How don't long understand. How does it take to play the fucking set? Yeah, for sure. Like, <laughs> Just fucking do it. Why, why didn't you do that? I what don't the understand. Fuck? I mean, you sound like a jillion other fucking great bands that sound like this from that region right. of the world. And I never fucking get tired of it. So just give me more. Right. Yeah, for sure. This is, I mean, it's, it's wet in my whistle, but it's like, it is, it's right on the cusp of offensively brief, right? <laughs> offensively brief, certainly too brief for, to, to justify a physical release, which is a shame because I would have sent these guys an email and said, Hey, let's put this out, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to put four and a half minutes of music on a tape, you know? So, yeah. Um, I can't be a part of that that problem, um, but uh, but yeah, that was really fucking good. If you, if you like DB, you like that, right? It's fucking good. Let's uh, let's roll the dice. Two, all right. Two is a uh, chat pile. Ba- the band that we have had in the queue before and has been submitted a couple times, but uh, we've just never gotten around to listening to. You can find this at chatpile.bandcamp.com, and the release is God's Country. They are from o- Oklahoma City, and I, I think dude, they have a ton of shit to sell. Uh, they do, and a I th- veritable flea market of shit. I think people like this band. I think I think maybe they're like kind of a kind of a hype band. They did a uh, in a, in a, in certain circles. They did a split last year with a band called Portray- Portrayal of Guilt. That is like kind of chaotic. They're they're in that weird. We had them on the show. I, Portrayal I, of Guilt. I think I've heard that. We may have. They're kind of like uh, they're yeah, they are popular. There are, there are hundreds and hundreds of people that like this. Yeah, band. and Portrayal of Guilt is very popular, and they're sort of in that weird like postmodern space of like they're pulling equally from like chaotic '90s screamo stuff as they are kind of metallic '90s hardcore stuff, and they're just in that general world where it's just this morass of like 
heavy music that the people in the band were probably too young to be around for or just caught the tail end of. Um, so this may be in the same vein. I know a lot of people like this. I've seen people talk about it, but I've just, I've never listened to it. This is, um, that portrayal of Guilt Band is good, but it's just kind of like on the periphery of my interests. So this might just be in that same, that same world. Um, they have got the song, the first song queued up to play, Slaughterhouse. Um, yeah. So we can go with that. They have a, they have a song that also has a video um wicked puppet dance um so that might have been like you know the single quote unquote for this you have a preference or you just want to like just get just... into it because i don't know all right cool so we'll just listen to the opening track on this that's what they got queued up we're gonna listen to slaughterhouse by chat pile off of god's country Everyone's 
Okay, we just heard the song Slaughterhouse by the band Chatpile off of God's Country, uh, which, as you noted, um, is maybe the, the largest supported by section on, the, on a band camp page that we've ever come across on this show. So I, I think it people, definitely is. People like this band. How'd yeah. you feel about that? Man, I, I like almost everything about what I just heard. Almost. Almost. Almost, yes. There's a couple things in there that I like. I want to hear the rest of this. I'm intrigued. I would, yes, yes, right? same. Yeah. Because when this, where this succeeds for me, it really fucking hits. I agree. Yeah. Right? Yep. The God flesh thing is fucking sick. Very sick. Right? Yes. It, it sounded great. Yep. I wish it was less plaintive. Yeah, I know. I wanted there just to be a little bit more teeth to it. Just I a wish it bit. was more today is the day. Yes, yes, same. Right? Yes. But this is that, but that's right on. I think this band clearly is like they're drawing from their influences in a way that's very successful. And you can tell that they yes, there is there if you're looking at a, a promo shot of this band, there's a Yesu shirt, there's a Godflesh shirt, there's going to be a Today is the Day shirt, there's probably there's maybe an author and punisher shirt in there. Right. There there and it's but it's a nice it's it it feels like it's clearly drawing from those influences and is indebted to bands in that vein to but swans. It's not but it, it's not a carbon copy. Right. And, and, and you know, we shit on a lot of sort of like post stuff. Sure, yeah. But that's because a lot of post stuff has defanged itself. Yeah, for sure. This still has some teeth. Yeah, I agree. Um, I I think I'm going to listen to the rest of this because yeah. I think I really, I, I was reading sort of the write-up, you know, a little bit. Yeah. Um, You know, you know me. I'm all about negativity. Sure, yes. Um, And just pure vent. Right. Right. Yeah. And so... uh I'm into that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I this is this is intrigued because the 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 seventy five percent of this that I liked I really liked. Yeah, I am. I'm on the exact same exact same page. Yeah. Right. This is also their first full length. Right. Um, this this seems like a band who would like tour with and and release a collaborative effort with like Full of Hell or The Body too. Right. It seems like it's kind of in that general like. That yeah, general sort, world. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, yeah, I really like this. I think I, yeah, I'm going to check out the rest of this tomorrow yeah. um, on my own time for sure. I was reading the first, uh, the first paragraph here, the little write up, right? Yeah. There's a sick irony to how a country that extols rhetoric of individual freedom in the same grasp has no problem commodifying human life as if it were meant to be, meant to feed the insatiable hunger of capitalism, right? Yeah. <laughs> By our patch. Buy our tote bag. <laughs> buy our sweatpants. Sure, that's the that's buy, the duality of buy our banner. <laughs> buy our hoodie. <laughs> buy our shirts. Seriously, I don't think I've ever seen a band trying to hawk more shit on a band camp page. I think that this band so because this this is Chat Pile's band camp, right? So Yes. I and there's this many people in the supported by column, and this is not free to buy digitally so even if all of those are just eight dollar digital purchases this man's doing okay this mm -hmm. band's probably they're probably paying rent with this band yeah. so sh shout out to them because yeah for sure that is uh that's a that's a rare achievement especially in in today's climate that's uh that's a tough thing to that's a tough thing to achieve but and this record's on its third pressing i think no shit yes. okay damn they're fucking they're killing it uh but yeah i'm i am on the i i, I won't mirror everything that you said because I'm, I'm on the exact same page the stuff the parts about this that hit for me really really hit the bass tone in particular. It was really good. It was really fucking good. The uh the gated reverb on the fucking like snare hits was like perfectly dialed in. The production on this is like 
absolutely nailing what it aims for. All, ar- all, all around, except for a few minor nitpicks, I think this pretty much nailed it. This was this was quite good. I was really uh, really pleasantly surprised by this. Yeah, it was not all what I expected. I actually just no, not at all. I didn't. I didn't. I, I thought this was going to be chaotic and maybe yes, spazzy. A, exactly. Yeah. I I thought it. Yeah, I was expecting or maybe some pretty like techy death. Sure. Yeah. 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 Not you know, but like from that logo, it reminds me of blood incantation. Right. Or something. Sure. Yeah. 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 Um, and I didn't have time to scroll all the way to the bottom of their right. Bandcamp page. And then it says the tags are, are completely uninformative. Death metal, experimental, hardcore, industrial metal, noise rock, right. rocks, whatever. Right. Usually if you see that fucking salad, it's going to suck. Sure. Because yeah. you don't do any one any one of those very good. You just mash them all together. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, and just based off like them having a split with portrayal of guild and stuff, I thought, you know, I thought it was going to go in a different direction than it, than it went. So, yo, we only have two messages to listen to and like one uh, one uh, text message. Yeah. And just looking at the spread of what we have left, I think that there's a pretty good chance that anything that we land on is going to be some degree of good or great. All right. So I would like to roll the dice one more time and, and, and make this a seven-band episode. All right. What are we rolling? A D4? A D4, yeah. Two again. Okay, two two is what we started listening to before we uh, started recording the uh, No Uniform Crimes tape. Yeah, this is a band out of Atlanta, Georgia. We listened to the first song, and I thought, yeah, this is pretty good. Let's listen to the second. And song. the second song, the riff came in before we stopped it and said, "Let's save it for the show." And I was really liking what I was hearing. So we're gonna listen to uh, Brain Invasion by No Uniform off of their uh, Crimes cassette. <laughs> So we just heard uh, Brain Invasion by No Uniform off of their Crimes tape. You know who else wrote a song called Brain Invasion? Who's that? Attila, Billy Joel's first band. Oh, no shit? Pretty sure. Right on, okay. Um, so first first point in these boys' column and 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 evidence that they, they know what they're doing here and is further supported by the quality of the recording and everything that's going on. If you look down there, the art is by Meat Dog, who I can only assume is the one and only Australian Meat Dog of the fucking 
phenomenal band reckless aggression and uh me dog did like all of the artwork for the reckless aggression uh tapes that came out i fucking love reckless aggression talking about a band that was like an early um an early sign of things to come in terms of like bands that were doing uh, a predominantly oi infused version of hardcore uh, reckless aggression was like that band uh they their first demo came out in 2010 and that was a big gateway for me into like oh shit this is like this is actually a fusion that works really really fucking well um so yeah this is this is like blown out fucking sick traditional a, a modern take on traditional hardcore that is very in right now and it was a really convincing all around solid version of it. I yep. liked it a lot. It was it was it was a very timely and uh, adept yep. take on hardcore. Yes, and yeah, if you if you like what Armor and Electric Chair and like any band in that vein is doing Protocol, you right. know all that stuff, then this this is this for is you. Right up your alley. And the art is fucking sick. The art like, is sick. The Meat Dogs art in general, like all the Reckless Aggression tape art, is fucking sick. Like it's it's kind of like you know like classic prison tattoo style art like it's just it's fucking great i fucking love it this tape looks awesome if i saw this in a store just based on sight alone this was you know five bucks i pick it up no questions asked yeah i, I particularly like the dragon on the art yeah the dragon is fucking um, sick. the uh photo of the band yeah come on guys settle down <laughs> yeah, they all they have various forms of uh various forms of weapons we have a we have like a bandolier like an ammo belt we've got a flail we've got right uh, but but he's he has no he, He's the most worrying because he has no, no like melee weapon. It's just he's it, hanging a he's hanging a bullet belt out the front of his pants. Right, yeah, yeah. And his hands, are, his hands are behind his back, so right. maybe that's where he's concealing the gun. There's two flails. Yep, an aluminum baseball bat, uh-huh. um, a machete, and a kukri. Yeah, for sure. I will Guys. say, I think there's there is some there's a couple like the guy on the far left i think okay that guy could maybe wield that flail if i saw that guy walking down the street with the flail i might cross the street no but the you guy know, right next to him with the bullet belt there you know do you have any idea how difficult it would be to wield a flail quite yeah well it's, i i actually i know exactly how difficult it would be to, to well, wield your a flail. years of martial arts no no, no 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 not at all we didn't we didn't we didn't dabble in flails um no, because I watch a bunch of dorky ass uh, YouTube channels about like you know medieval weaponry. Yeah, it's stuff. the most nonsense fucking weapon. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, that we, guy doesn't know how to do it. No, no, he would probably. There's a higher opportunity or a, a higher likelihood of him injuring himself than injuring me. I would They're going to get themselves shot. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You come, you come around this neighborhood wielding that flail. I'm yeah, sh- I'm just. Right, <laughs> taking you out. Right. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Fucking Yosemite Sam. It'll be like that uh, that scene in uh, in Indiana Jones where he just pulls the revolver out and blows the guy away in Cairo. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was sick, man. We got nothing else to say about it. You like you like blown out fast hardcore that is very in right now. Well, there you go. There's another very good example of it. It was good. Almost everything that we heard tonight was uh, was good. Almost everything. And a lot of it was actually uh, was great. So a, a success, a resounding success. Let's uh, let's listen to the couple voicemails we have and then and then call it a night. God damn, I forgot about those. I was I was just like thinking, all right, bedtime. Well, this this should go this should go nice and fast. We only got two. Okay. Hey guys, I'm uh, gonna try and keep this under a minute and a half. If I don't just cut me off, I guess. Um, 
one thing that has been on my mind, I've been reading Hell's Angels by Hunter Thompson, and the idea that punk conservatism is the new punk rock or whatever, I think that people are confusing punk rock with just, like, flat out rebelling against authority as the only tenant of, like, punk rock's countercultural uh, relevance or whatever. And um, I think that punk rock has always kind of centered on accepting people's identities and expressions of identities. And for that reason, mainstream right-wing or even, like, subversive right-wing political beliefs cannot be punk rock um, because, like I said, I've been reading this book about the Hells Angels. There's always been outlaw, counterculture, right-wing fringe groups. I think these fucking idiots need to read a fucking book. And, yeah, what are your thoughts on that? Bye. Yeah, so I, I am sleepy, and this is a, this is like a whole can of worms that I actually, not surprisingly, uh, have a fuck ton of thoughts about and have spent more than a little bit of time just thinking about to myself as I meander about my fucking house, just thinking about things like this for no particular reason. I think your last point in this is is the most salient one, which is that these fucking retards do need to just read, read some books, certainly read some different books than the ones they've read, read something other than the fucking Turner Diaries. Um, so yeah, I have a lot of thoughts about this. I'm not going to get into too many of them. I think you're correct that anything remotely resembling estab establishment conservatism is anathema to what we would consider punk or counterculture. My only assertion and and like slight soft rebuttal of, of your thesis here would just be that I think punk fundamentally, especially in its genesis, is not apolitical by any stretch of the imagination, but is predominantly reactionary. And it mostly it mostly seeks to under undermine, I think, the dominant socio-political paradigm of the environment in which it exists. And I think that that's kind of the core operating principle of like punk and, and how it evolved. If we ignore sort of like the actual commercial underpinnings of how punk evolved in Britain specifically, and if we ignore the sort of nihilism uh, and just like art rock, self-indulgent junkie culture that fueled the beginning of American punk. But if we talk about punk coalescing as like a scene and an idea, um, in the late seventies, I think predominantly it's reactionary and it, it predominantly exists as provocation. Um, and then politics eke their way in from the corners because they attract extreme people. And I think to, to say that like that far right, like extremist, uh, counterculture, far right ideas are fundamentally unpunk is on on some level, I can I can rock with you on that assertion, but on the other, it's ahistorical because a lot of far-right extremist groups and people were very much a fabric of early punk rock and are a an important historical milestone in the evolution of the genre sonically and socially. So it's like... I could write a thesis paper about this and I won't because um, because I don't have like the the interest in doing so at this point in my life. But I have a fuck ton of thoughts about this and I don't think any of them can be abbreviated succinctly and concisely in a way that would please anyone on this show. So I think I to 
my my brief uh, response to this is that I think you have some good points in here. Some of them I agree with. Some of them I would like tweak a little bit and and push back on. But uh, that's kind of the summation of of my of my thoughts about that. You know? Yeah. It's, I don't know. I mean, so as someone that loves the sound, yeah, and by and large is into the aesthetic and for the most part the ethos. Sure. Right. Yes. I'm not terribly interested in the minds that create it. Sure, yeah. I think I've said that before. I just don't give a fuck. Right. I'm not interested in going back and seeing what prompted Joey Ramone to do what he'd done. Sure, right. Don't give a fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think that we run the risk of maybe attributing too much sure. to essentially teenagers in yeah. the 70s. Right, exactly. Right. Yeah, and yes. Uh, and so, I don't know. I mean, we, you know, it's it's impossible to... Everything is, I mean, everything is fucking politicized anymore, but like it's impossible for us. I think, I think it's difficult for us to separate the idea of, um, yeah, just a reactionary counter, uh, uh, counter demonstration. Sure. From a broader political ethos. Yeah, for sure. It's and, tough to parse. And I, I don't know if that was, you know, I, I don't, I think it might be attributing a bit much. To, to go back. And I, I even think that sometimes when you talk to fuck, you know, everybody likes to think they were smarter than they actually fucking were when yeah. they were 20 years old. Of course, I certainly did. Yeah. And so, like, if you listen to, like, an interview now of so-and-so that mm -hmm. was in this fucking important band right. nowadays. Yeah. They're 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 even looking at themselves, I think, with an inflated perspective. Certainly. and 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 also, I think, like... Punk again, even though they're like easily identifiable, any easily identifiable and identifiable leftist through lines in punk, pretty much from its inception. I think again, punk as a form is reactionary and provocative, and quickly it became a self-referential provocation. And I would have trouble, uh, I would have trouble like with the assertion, for example, that like Death in June adopting like, especially as early on as they did. Uh, adopting like far right, uh, like occult imagery is not punk because it was very, very much in reaction to like a greater paradigm that was occurring within punk. And I think to provoke the scene that you are a part of, especially considering they came out of crisis, which was like an explicitly leftist punk band, be a post punk band, I think pivoting to that and adopting that imagery, I think it would you would be hard-pressed to say that that's not in the spirit of punk rock, in this the provocative spirit of punk rock. So, And and, and again, like, you're going to tell me the Jesus Lizard isn't punk or Unsane isn't punk? And those bands are only political in the sense, again, that they, like, aim to provoke and they aim to undermine and yeah. to subvert. So it's a, it's a whole bag of worms, man. Also, also I, I don't think that we can necessarily view words like... Um, leftist left and right and conservative and liberal as synonymous like sure leftist and liberal aren't necessarily synonymous not at all not remotely yeah, right not remotely so so yeah it's tough man that's that, that this is this is a whole different here's the thing, thing. Yeah. if you want to lick boots yeah and you want to prevent people from living however the fuck they want to live yeah and I, I want nothing to fucking do with you man yeah for sure whether or not that's punk or not I, I would encourage you to kill yourself yeah. if that's your worldview. Right, right. So. Right. If you want, if you want to fucking, if if you want to, if you want to build your life around the belief in magic and enforce that on other people. Yeah. And uh, you know, 
fuck off. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm always going to react to that. Yeah, absolutely. No, and no matter whether, you know, whether that's fucking left or right, I'm going to fucking react to that. Yeah, for sure. I have no fucking love. I have no fucking love for any flavor of that shit. No, no. You want to come at me with some hippy dippy fucking bullshit and some crystals and shit? Fuck off. Yes. Right? Yeah. You're, you're going you're gonna to get the bird. Yes. Right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. And uh, I, I have no fucking patience for that shit, no matter where it's coming from. So just leave people the fuck alone and have fun. Yeah, agreed. Um, all right, let's uh, let's listen to our next and last message of the evening. What's up, motherfuckers? This is Rob Flynn from the band Machine Head. Just calling to step to these fucking haters that are talking about my buddy Chris from GoldenGuitarGod.com. Let me tell you this, motherfuckers. If it wasn't for Chris's esteemed tutelage, because he's been a mentor of mine for years now, I wouldn't be able to craft the hard-hitting riffs that go into making Machine Head the fucking band that it is today. So listen up. If I keep hearing the shit talking, I'm coming to your town, and I'm going to fucking ram my fucking guitar up your asses. You got that? All right. Next Machine Head Records coming out in November on 20 bucks spin. Let freedom ring with a shotgun blast. <laughs> I, I, I probably wouldn't be surprised if Machine Head Records came out on 20 bucks spin. Yeah, so there you go, man. I mean, that's the, the legend himself, Rob Flynn, going in for Chris from Golden Guitar Guides. I mean, you can't step to that, man. If you want to step to Chris, you got to uh, step to Rob Flynn now. So you, you know what's up if that's... That's the path you want to walk. Know what's in store for you. So we got uh, we got one text message. Also, man, uh, Davidian is a really fucking good song. <laughs> Davidian is a very, very, very good song. I don't ride for most of Machine Head's uh, most of Machine Head's discography, but that track and the record that it's on, very good. Um, okay. What's up, Gray and Nate? I'm still working my way back through the episodes, and I really enjoy whenever the two of you give your opinions on movies. Got me thinking, and I'm curious as to what your thoughts are on the use of hardcore slash punk and adjacent music in film and TV. Does it inherently go against the spirit of anti-commercialism, or if the filmmaker has the right intentions, could it be used in a tasteful way? I'm thinking like if Warthog or Doom were bands playing at the Roadhouse in a Twin Peaks type show or film. Yay or nay. P.S. On David Lynch-related shit, I forgot that Henry Rollins is a small speaking cameo in Lost Highway as a prison guard. Just think that's sick. Sorry for the lengthy text. Have a good one, guys. Blake from Houston. It kind of ties in to because there's an assertion in here. Kind of ties into the the first message that we got is that like punk is is like fundamentally fundamentally or intrinsically anti-commercial. Which again, like if you go back to the roots, you know that's not at all the case. But also, I think the 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 greater consideration here is that like film is commercial uh, in mo in most iterations by pure necessity of like the budgets involved in making it. You know what I mean? It's not sure. like it's it is not democratic in the same way that punk and hardcore and metal are and that anybody can pick up like these fairly easily accessible tools and get together and create a finished result that is like as polished as it as it needs to be is mm -hmm. the finished product with a film. Uh, then there are plenty of instances of this and there are lots of cases of like sub scenes that actively sought to undermine this, like the slacker core stuff that was going on in the nineties and shit. Um, there's plenty of instances that subvert this notion, but like the way that money and commercial interest is tied into film is just like uh, a necessary, it's like a necessary evil, I think. Um, so I have no problem, you know, with like, 
I don't know, lots of filmmakers um, are interested in subculture in like a broader way. And there's plenty of instances in like punk and hardcore being used uh, and metal being used in film that I like a lot. And there are just as many instances that I think fucking suck and are crass and lame and like, you know, not remotely representational of my tastes. I think this is a thing that like I have no sort of ethical underpinnings like in terms of my thoughts about this it's just like is it cool does it work is it done by somebody whose work i respect yeah sick that's rad it I, it works to elevate the overall film or no it's fucking lame and on occasion it also will like give me brief respite from a movie that i'm not enjoying like halloween ends which fucking sucked uh there was a scene in which uh, License to Confuse by Sebado was played, and then right after that, Halloween by DK was played, and the, that's the only moment in the film that I had a remotely good time. So God bless whoever the like music coordinator for that film was, because that was the only good part about the movie. So yeah, I don't I don't have like broader thoughts about this. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, it, it depends the context, right? Yeah, for sure. Cannibal Corpse, Nace Ventura, funny for a laugh. Yeah, for sure. Right, Jim Carrey apparently likes Cannibal Corpse. Indeed. Um, there's. It, my favorite is when it's completely misapplied or mi like, okay. So misapplication is funny. Misapplication yes. is really funny. And there's a, there's a show I used to watch. Um, oh, God damn it. Um, about it, it stars Timothy Oliphant and it's, it's about some fucking like Marshall in Kentucky. Okay. Um, yeah. That sounds very familiar, but I can't think of the name. Um, and, and one of the, and it, it also has uh, my, bro I'm so tired. I can't think of a single goddamn name. Yeah. That's right. Okay. Um, justified. Oh, Justified, yeah, sure. That yeah. was a pretty good show. Yeah, yeah. And in the first season of Justified, there's a scene where, like, you know, Timothy Oliphant as the fucking marshal goes stomping up to some fucking, like, you know, church or some shit where some skinheads are living, and they used to, they grew up together mining coal. Yeah. And the skinheads are listening to Reagan Youth. Okay. New Aryans. Uh, oh, and they're... And they're like racist skinheads. Yes. Okay. So yeah. Right. Yeah, that's so like, funny. they just like they just looked at like one of those fucking Reagan youth covers with the KKK on it or something. Right. Like, oh, this must be racist. Right. Sure. Yeah. 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 Right. 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 That's very funny. That's that's pretty funny. That's pretty fucking tone deaf and stupid. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I don't. I mean, Harmony Korine. I was just about to. That's exactly the example I was going to say. Some pretty iconic. Yeah. Uh, use of of heavy metal and so forth yeah, in like Harmony Korine films. Yeah, like in Gummo particularly. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and uh, I think Bully had some yeah. good ones. While Fog was in Bully. Yep. Um. So yeah, it works. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Um. You know, and I don't really. It doesn't really bother me. No, nah, me neither. Whatever. I mean, as long as uh, here's the thing. I actually want to. I. I don't like it when it's. I kind of don't like it when it's used in like a, a lower budget film or an indie film and it's used in a way that is either nostalgic. Sure, yeah. Right? Or like as something like SLC. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. Well, the whole, oh, you got to grow out of this sort of stuff. Right, yeah. No, that shit fucking sucks. Right. Well, that, yeah, that whole notion. Right. That whole notion. Right? That whole notion. <laughs> like you, you get, I, 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 I get prickly very quickly yeah, about yeah. that. But it is really situational. For sure. Right. Yeah. Super situational. Uh, okay. So if you want to call and leave us a message, it's 260-222-8341. Shoot us a text if you're not confident in your ability to be brief on voicemail. Uh, if you think that you can leave us a voicemail that's a minute and a half or under, feel free to do so. Do so. We got some We got some decent ones this week. I appreciate the thought-provoking nature, nature of the first uh, voicemail on here, by the way. Like I said, it's something I think about a lot. I'm sorry I can't give a more in-depth episode, but we would eat up an hour of time just fucking tearing tearing this apart and I don't have the time uh, or energy or brain power to do it and I don't think anybody listening to this has the interest to hear it so 
Uh, yeah, call, call and leave us a message. Join the Patreon if you feel so inclined. Demo, uh, Patreon.com slash Demo Listen Podcast. We're going to, we I promise, we had something come up this uh, last week, but uh, we're going to get together this week. and uh, This record. time for sure. For sure. This time <laughs> for sure. Uh, we're like Lucy pulling the football away from fucking Charlie Brown. Yeah. Uh, this time for sure. We're going to record and, and release the third part of our uh, Year in Hardcore 1981 series, and then we're going we're gonna to move on and start tackling some other stuff. So uh, thanks to everybody who listens to the show and we'll uh, we'll catch you next week